this week on The Startup Life. So it's, it's kind of on you, the entrepreneur with no budget, to figure out a way to arm these guys. You know, give them something that makes them attached to you. Find a way to validate them. Uh, make them a part of your story instead of the object of your story. I started my show. Let's take flight with Nick Petros, founder of Pinchforth.com. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to see some value today. We got a special guest in the building today. We got Nick Petros of Pinchforth.com. How's it going, brother? Hey, Dominic. How are you? I can't complain, man. You ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. As always, Startup Nation, this is the Startup Life Podcast brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network. So first things first, man, let's set this thing off right. Tell us about your story on your path to entrepreneurship. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for the floor. And so I got started. I, um, I went to school upstate New York. Um, I studied social science and Spanish. Uh, wasn't much of a student, but graduated in 09, right in the middle of the, the crash. So people weren't hiring kids with no experience. Right. My, my target focus was uh, to be a copywriter, movies about folks in advertising, and um, always wanted to be that creative guy, like writing up cool things on the wall and bringing them to life. Um, that didn't really stick though. The only jobs that were out there were, were sales jobs, and I actually landed one at a tech company um, here in Boston. Uh, I did that for about six months and got recruited to the digital marketing side of things. Um, you know, I, I didn't really study a ton of math in school, but it, it all made sense to me when I could apply it to human behavior and, and responsivity. And I wound up growing a pretty substantial revenue channel for that company and helping them through acquisition um, inside of a year after transitioning to marketing. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty much all growth since then. Um, you know, I left there, I launched a, a payment tech company uh, in their international consumer facing launch in Canada. Um, as a 24-year-old, that was pretty awesome. Um, and then got recruited from there to a vertical social network called Rally Point uh, that today is the largest and fastest growing military network in history. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's been all growth, a bunch of different kinds. Payment tech is very different than straight e-commerce, uh, which is very different than growing a social network. But they're all different problems to solve and kind of tackle in succession. So. That's a, that's been my story. That's what brought me to Pinchforth, where I get to work on, you know, ten to twenty projects each. The entrepreneurs every day. Nice, nice. Thank you for sharing that. Now you mentioned that you know you're there in Boston, Mass. Man, tell me more about the entrepreneurial client there in Boston. It's it's unbelievable here. It's uh, it's it's kind of a secret. People always think about um, the West Coast. You know, um, go out there, see it today. For sure, for sure. But Boston, I think there was a there was a TechCrunch article last year um, where Boston uh, was outpacing New York 
um, in venture investment, okay. uh, which is pretty wild because it's a much smaller community. But um, everyone here is starting something. Uh, there's a big boom in consumer-facing tech coming out of Boston. Uh, there's an awesome health tech community here. There's some fintech. Um, it's it's a really fun place to be an entrepreneur because everything's so accessible. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. And you said that beating New York in there. So I guess you beat them on the baseball diamond and in the entrepreneurial space, huh? Uh, knock on wood. I, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm actually a, a Red Sox fan myself due to my hate of the Yankees, even though I don't even live in the area. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. Let me let me ask you this, man. You know, because you mentioned you know going to school upstate New York and stuff like that. You know, what did you learn from the worst boss, teacher, or mentor you ever had? Sure. Um, so the importance of the the pivot. You know, I think this this translates from school all the way into um, into entrepreneurship. You know, I, I think folks tend to get married to an idea. Okay. Uh, which which can sometimes blind them from the possibilities or, or the ways around the idea in front of them. I hear that. Whether, whether it's in the classroom or outside of the classroom. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, in, in school in particular, I think that was a, a big impediment for me. Um, Cause I, I like to do things my own way. I think that's why growth has always come naturally. Mm-hmm. You have to solve problems in unconventional ways, but um, in school it's, it's pretty strict to one method. And I've seen that cripple a couple of companies. Um, like so married to an idea, influencer is a big one, right? Everyone wants to have influencers talking about their brand, but when folks don't get ROI out of it, I've I've seen a few companies continue to pour cash dollars and time into it. Um, Instead of learning what they can do with that content, finding a way to repurpose it and and turn it into greater value. So I think um, adaptability is, is key. I think the worst leaders or, or teachers I've worked with just kind of refuse to break from something that isn't working. Startup Nation, I want to chime in here with a reflection point because Nick brings up something very important. And it actually reminds me of something that Jason Troy was talking about in the last days of Blockbuster when he was there in a previous episode that we had here on the Startup Life. Look, on your path to entrepreneurship, on the path in your business, you're going to have these moments where a project or a campaign simply just don't work out. But what we cannot do is be afraid, Startup Nation, of what we call sunk costs. Sunk costs are something like you put money into a project or a campaign or wherever the case may be, and if you pull out of that project or campaign, you can't get that money back. And so many times, Startup Nation, we we are so infatuated with this thing like, oh, it's going to work. Oh, it's going to work. I know it's going to work. And look, we're entrepreneurs. And so we're all about willing ourselves to win. Right. But the thing is, Startup Nation, there are times where you have to face reality and it's like, you know what? It's not going to work and we have to move on. And so don't be afraid of those sunk costs because you're afraid of FOMO or fear of missing out. A lot of times we hear stories or see stories rather where we did a campaign or a project and it didn't work out for us. And then 10 months down the road, it worked out for somebody else. Startup Nation, that is the exception, not the rule. So look, understand this. You're going to gain more by shifting gears, shifting your focus elsewhere than just being mindful of, you know, I have to make this work because I put so much money into it. Let it go. I'm telling you right now, Startup Nation, it's okay to let it go. Don't fall victim to FOMO, fear of missing out. Don't fall victim to to being afraid of those sunk costs and make sure that whatever decision that you make when you decide to 
move forward and move past the project or campaign that didn't work, make sure you're okay with that decision. Let's get back to Nick. Thank you for sharing that. Now, on your blog on pinchforth.com, and once again, Startup Nation, if you want to check out pinchforth.com, we have that, that web address in the show notes for easy access. You have a blog on there, and one of the posts was talking about the title of it is how to develop a killer content strategy for a startup with no budget. So I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, Nick, what are some other ways entrepreneurs can be creative, not just with content strategy or marketing or anything like that, but what are some other ways that uh, entrepreneurs can be successful in business when they don't have a huge budget? So I think understanding needs um, is, is where everything starts. Uh, sure. I, you know, you guys have a couple, uh, a couple podcasts on that, but I think, uh, there's a lot more than dollars that you can get out of your customers. Uh, and these, I'm sure you're seeing this, um, but these, these days more than anything, um, customers, users, um, you know, clients, you name it, they, they want to be involved in an experience more than they want to buy a product or service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they like to feel like they're a part of something special. Uh, and I, I think, that, that can pay dividends across your entire marketing spectrum. Uh, you know, those are your real influencers, right? Right. The, uh, the customers who are talking about you, representing you. Um, so it's, it's kind of on you, the entrepreneur with no budget, to figure out a way to arm these guys. Um, you know, give them something that makes them attached to you. Find a way to validate them. Uh, make them a part of your story instead of the object of your story. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, man. No, no, it's great. Actually, so I got an awesome example for you. Uh, you know, we did this at, at, at Rally Point when I got involved. Um, so it's a, it's a vertical network just for service members um, and veterans of the U.S. military. And, um, you know, when I got there, we were super, super focused on jobs. Uh, these guys get out of the military. They want to transition into real civilian life, um, and, you know, and get a job. And there was a huge financial opportunity there. Um, but as a, as a little test, one of the co-founders launched this little forum, um, sort of off to the side, um, that, that started to light up. And, you know, when I, when I came aboard, I, I kind of focused on that, um, looked at the things that were being said, looked at the type of content, um, that folks were creating on their own totally for free, um, and banked our entire growth strategy on that content. Uh, so, so whereas you'll see like tons of top brands spending millions of dollars, um, you know, hiring folks who endorse them to, to create videos, um, you know, use cases, post photos, endorsing their content. You know, we had these, like our core audience writing like 500 word posts uh, about their experience in the military, asking questions, sharing stories totally for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we did was we just, we created an amplifier. That's how we, we grew this thing from 100,000 to 1.1 million. Wow. Uh, just a couple years span. We just created an amplifier for what they were already doing and rewarded them for creating more of the same content. So, um, you know, no budget for content, just uh, two people on the marketing team. And um, we grew that thing by over 30,000 users a month for a couple of years. Wow. Um, yeah. I swear, I, I love hearing stories like that where the entrepreneurial mindset is just at play. I, once again, Startup Nation, we talk about this all the time. Entrepreneurship is not necessarily about a business. It's about solving a problem. And in that answer, Nick definitely solved that problem and provided that amplifier to grow those users at a very rapid pace. Thank you for sharing that, Nick. I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, fun story. No worries, no worries. So Nick, let's shift gears a little bit, man. So I I want to know what you learned from your biggest failure. Sure, Uh, biggest failure. Okay, so this this was part of that that launch for the FinTech company I was working on. 
Yeah, so so launched for that that payment tech company. There was a there was a couple facets to it, right? So so I had media, uh, earned media, uh, basically queued into this stunt that we planned. So we sent the founders um, up to this restaurant uh, to to buy everyone in the restaurant dinner and include some of our information um, in the bill as a surprise. Um, so this this product was pretty pretty geared at tuition, uh, allowing people to pay tuition with a credit card, and um, we we sent the founders to this restaurant. Surprise everyone with dinner, and you know, basically sparked the plug for all of our media coverage coast to coast um, in Canada for this particular launch. Mm-hmm. Coupled that um, with a big, like, organic kind of grassroots type effort, uh, where I had a bunch of students running around on campus in our in our t-shirts, kind of making it seem like um, like this was an acceptable thing to be a part of. Uh, because payments, I mean, it's not something you think about all the time. You're not excited to wake up in the morning and figure out a new way to pay for something. It's right. not a natural consumer behavior. So we thought, hey, if we make it look like all these kids are doing it, we get tons of press, um, suddenly this can come to the forefront and we can, we can earn attention on something that um, isn't, isn't really top of mind otherwise. And it, it didn't produce half of what we thought. The coverage was amazing. The, the grassroots effort was awesome. Uh, we gave out thousands of shirts, tons of kids in the ground, coast to coast super well coordinated uh, and we expected it to really like turbocharge the launch mm-hmm. uh, of the business um, you know because everyone wants that uh, that moonshot right we're going to do this one thing and all of a sudden we're going to be Facebook absolutely uh, that's what we were hoping for and you know it it did well like we we got a lot of juice out of it but it didn't it didn't give us the slingshot we hoped it would be um, and that that made me basically since then focus on nothing that I can't immediately measure the return of um, so if it's, if it's too subjective, if it's too indirect, um, you know, and we're an early stage company with, with, uh, limited resources, um, I kind of focus everything we do on something that's almost immediately measurable. Um, so we don't get into a situation where we put all that work into a massive launch and, um, and don't see exactly what we expect out of it. Thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate that for sure. Uh, so <laughs> let me, let me ask you this, man. So, Entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always engaged in constant professional development and things of that nature. So what does that mean to you when you hear the term uh, or phrase professional development? And what are you learning now? Are you listening to podcasts? Is there a book you're reading right now? What does that mean to you? Yeah. So, I mean, learning is exposing oneself to a bunch of new problems. Mm-hmm. And there's no, no, no better way to do that than network. And actually, you know, this, this ties into something super close to home, one of my pet projects. Go for it. It's interesting, right? Everyone's paying attention to all the data that Google and Facebook have on everyone, right? You're probably Mm -hmm. following this in the news. Right. Yeah. So everyone's, you know, all up on their data and and privacy and and so on. But at the same time, you know, when these huge companies know so much about us and what we're spending money on, doesn't it, it kind of feels like harder than ever to really make a new connection digitally, right? Right. Like it's, it's hard to find and establish trust with someone. Um, online, you don't really know who they are. Then you know they could be catfishing you for all, for all you know. For sure, um, for sure. So, so finding a way to um, facilitate uh, relationships online has been a pretty core focus. We're actually we're launching a product. I can't tell you about. We're launching it next week at the Collision Conference. Okay. Um, in Toronto, so that'll that'll be really fun. But um, that's that's where most of my learning the last year has come in. I've been making a really really focused effort to connect with as many entrepreneurs as I can. And, you know, learn from their experiences, you know, help where I can in exchange for their information, help them solve problems. 
if if I can at all. But you know, just just hearing stories, listening to podcasts like yours, and and talking to entrepreneurs that are in the middle of of this deep problem solve phase has been transformative for me. You know, one one conversation will lead to an entire activity um, mm-hmm. with with even an unrelated person the next day. Um, so I make a point, like a rule of thumb, to talk to at least five new people, entrepreneurs every week. You know, learn from their mistakes, um, try to understand their challenges, and try to wrap my head around the problems they're facing with their business. It's been awesome. Gotcha. Thank you so much. And Startup Nation, that's something that we talk about quite honestly. And I'm glad Nick kind of, you know, uh, hit the hammer on the head a little bit even more. That networking piece is so important, Startup Nation. You got to get out there and talk to people, make those new connections, make those new inroads for your business and for your company. So I appreciate you sharing that, Nick, for sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. I think it's a a hard one to dig into because a lot of people don't know where to start. That's true. Uh, you know, a lot of people wonder, like, what, what value do I, do I add to this person? What I've found, everyone wants to talk about their ideas. I mean, people love to tell you about what they're working on. So just being a set of ears to listen mm. often is enough. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that for sure. Uh, so last question before we go to break, man. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And what's the worst piece you've ever gotten? <sighs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> Worst piece of advice is going to be hard. So I'll stick, I'll stick with best. And that's going to bring us back to okay. ad- adaptability and, uh, and versatility. I think there's, there's two sides of it. One, like when, when you set out to solve a problem, commit to solving the problem, you're, you're heading into entrepreneurship. So you know that 95% of what you do is going to fail. So knowing that, set up a framework to turn those fails into learnings that you know, make the next thing that you try a little closer, a better chance of success. And the second part of it is, is know when to stop. You know, part of it is committing to the goal. You can solve the goal, but that doesn't mean you have to do it in one way. There are multiple ways to get to your end result. Um, so, so find a, a structure to evaluate what's working and what isn't working. And as quickly and cheaply and rapidly as you can, you know, pivot from one to the other. That, that's, that's been most of my success. You can grow things real fast when, when you figure out what's working faster than the other guy. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. That I, I love that you said there's multiple ways to solve a problem. No matter if it's one plus three or two plus two, they both still equal four. So I definitely appreciate that for sure. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the startup life so far, Nick? This is great. It's a real honor to be here. Thank you. I started mentioning, so I hope you're getting great value from Nick's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. business owner the startup life reach is growing wouldn't you like your business to grow with it reach out to us to advertise on the startup life you can reach us at 901 
857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com I mean, don't get me wrong, like this is a great music to have break on, but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music, but your business being advertised on it? Need more content from the Startup Life, you say? You can now sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass on the Binge Podcast Network's Patreon page. There is exclusive content written by yours truly, video content where I share even more of my business philosophies, and whatever crazy content I can think of out of that crazy head of mine. And at only $5 a month, yeah, $5 a month, this is more content for you, Startup Nation, to really get ahead of your competition. So instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint, you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So Nick, tell me, tell us here at Startup Nation, a little bit more about Pinchforth.com. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, so Pinchforth, honestly, is, is spiraled out of something that, that I started right after I, I left full-time work and growth at, at RallyPoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a bunch of companies that wanted to work with me, and I started a couple projects with them and basically just created a little LLC just for myself. But what happened is it, we started working on one project and then got introduced to another project and then got introduced to another. And Sooner or later, I, I had to hire folks to help me out with all the volume that we had, and um, it kind of morphed into the team that it is today. Uh, but I'll give you the, the concept behind it. Uh, okay. I think there's, there's like 2,000 new digital marketing agencies starting uh, every day. Everyone wants to be an agency. There's uh, how to start an agency uh, businesses um, that are powered just on selling training courses to be an agency. And I think a lot of... Um, early stage founders are a little lost when it comes to growth. You know, so thankfully they have free resources like yours to, to learn from the folks that you bring onto the show. Sure. Um, but they're also probably bombarded with, you know, tons of requests from agencies who will handle their digital. When I was, when I was in house, the agency model never worked for me because you wound up hiring these folks who'd, who'd bill you at an hourly rate, but wouldn't necessarily be accountable for the results they produce. You're always kind of like locked into a contract. And if you don't ask them to do something, they don't do it. So you didn't ever get what you really need, which is someone to be responsible for your growth and your marketing for you. What Pinchforth does is just handle the growth part. We, we don't do marketing per se. We don't touch the brand. Um, we don't do a ton of storytelling. Uh, what we do is we build, um, we build machines um, that help folks acquire users and scale revenue. Uh, and what, what that means is we use a variety of different channels. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't engage us to work on a specific tactic. You'd engage us to solve a problem. Um, and our job is to use every channel we have available within whatever budget you set um, mm-hmm. to establish traction for you and hit those goals. So it's almost like having a team member there with you um, instead of having an agency. Um, does that does that kind of make sense? No, it makes complete sense. I appreciate you sharing that for sure, man. And once again, Startup Nation, if you want to check out pinchforth.com, we have a link in the show notes for easy access for you to, to, to uh, check them out and check out the good work they're doing over there, uh, Nick, for sure. Uh, so on your website, I saw a, a curious statement that I want to kind of ask you about. It says that we do not sell services like digital marketing, SEO, SMM, branding, web development, et cetera. We sell growth. What do you mean by that, Nick? Yeah. So we were just talking about the, the agency model. I think, you know, again, there, there are great agencies out there. I don't want to knock agencies, but early stage companies, the founders want to focus on, you know, fundraising, infrastructure, you know, partnerships, the, the big picture things, vision, uh, you know, the actual product or service that they're building. 
um, it's it's really hard to spend time thinking about like how you're going to acquire more customers, how you're going to acquire more users, you know, how to how to make that whole process more efficient while dealing with the big picture uh, vision and mechanics of the business. So that's that's what we do to uh, to support folks. They basically hire us, you know, tie into me or a team member. Um, and, and our job is to attack and update um, on growth of the business um, week over week until we get into a, a rhythm that's happy or uh, a fundraising level that the, the business is comfortable with. Got you. Thank you for sharing that for sure. Now, I see that you offer, no, that, that Startup Nation can sign up for a newsletter on your website. Tell us what kind of uh, value that Startup Nation will receive when they sign up for that newsletter. Yeah, so we're, we're building that up now, um, okay. honestly. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of new things um, coming to market that I think folks have a lot of questions on. Sure. Uh, I get asked often about monetization. Uh, you know, folks are thinking about, you know, how do I make money inside of my, my app or uh, am I charging the right amount for my, my software as a service? We had a, we had a product the other day. This thing is wild. It's a, a thermos. It's, it's not electronic. It's just this special metal material, but it's a thermos that um, brings your, your coffee directly to 140 degrees and keeps it there for six hours straight. Wow. Um, really wild material. But they're asking about pricing. Like, how do we enter the market? How do we even think about pricing? Are these our competitors to evaluate ourselves against? Um, so there's, there's a lot of those like kind of niche questions that aren't, aren't the big picture ones They're not, you know, how do I market myself with no budget? How do I content market They're They're more specific. Um, and that's what we're starting to write a lot about. Um, how do you approach monetization? How do you think through pricing? Um, you know, what partnerships make sense for your business? Um, you know, dig into the weeds and hope, hopefully offer some more practical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you're not necessarily stuck wanting more. You could, you could read what's in there and, um, immediately turn it into um, to some kind of action for your business. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Nick, it's bragging time. I want you to tell us about your team there at Pinch4. Tell us a little bit about Jane and Luca. Sure. Cool. So, so Jane's an advisor. Uh, you know, Luca's another advisor uh, and sort of creative leader uh, sure. that, that helps us power things. Um, Jane, Jane's an absolutely unbelievable brand marketer. Um, she's involved in a bunch of companies, um, you know, was a, was a super exec at, uh, at American Express right. uh, in marketing and actually taught me a lot about marketing myself. So she's, she's kind of like a, a long-term advisor, uh, and an unbelievable team member to have, particularly when, when entering like larger markets, uh, you know, working on products that aren't super, super niche. Um, are easily differentiated. And Luke is a pure visionary. I think I like to deal with data. You know, that's why growth has always been appealing to me. Uh, so dealing with the numbers, measuring ROI, building funnels. Um, Luke is an amazing guy who kind of helps me bring my head out of the numbers and, and look at the big picture. Uh, think about how things actually feel to folks. Um, you know, we talked about earlier in the podcast how, um, you know, folks are buying experiences these days. They're not buying sure. services and products. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, he has an unbelievable mind for that. So an awesome resource and a great friend to have access to in that capacity. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Now, when I look on your website, Nick, you know, I, I see testimonials and I, I want to read one of them and get some feedback from you from it. Uh, this one comes from Brandon and he says, we took a new cost effective approach to conversion discovery and learned a lot about what our target users respond to. Working with Nick was a fantastic problem solving experience. So when you hear that type of testimonial from Brandon and others, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you that you see the 
the fruits of your labor that you're providing, you're providing true value in the marketplace for what you do. So, I mean, to be totally honest with you, it always feels unearned. Um, really? Okay. I, yeah. I feel like when, uh, when folks hire you for growth, your job is to make the numbers move, right? Gotcha. Um, that's what you're supposed to do. And I think part of the fun is the uncertainty. Like you never know if it's going to work. Um, mm-hmm. You think you have a framework, you're ready to adapt. Um, you're excited to go after the challenge, but you never really know um, if it's actually going to work. And when it does, like that was your job. That's what you were paid to do. Right. So it never, it never feels like a super win. Um, the, the exciting part, at least, at least for me, the gratifying part, um, is, is really like looking at satisfied customers on the other end. So beyond the business relationship, beyond the brand and, um, looking at the users and the customers, if, if they're satisfied with what they're buying, um, if they're really happy and excited about whatever they're downloading or they're now a part of, um, that's when, you know, you've, you've really, really made it. The, the testimonials, it, it almost creates guilt. I feel like, um, like it's, it's my job to make that happen. That's what I'm paid to do. And you know, if, if, if I'm unable to, or if I didn't do it to the extent that I, that I thought I could, um, that's what testimonials kind of make me think about. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. I guess that really speaks to you, Nick, as you really wanting to do a good job. I know you say it feels unearned, but I, I, I think the best entrepreneurs always maybe have a sense of, uh, that unsatisfaction, if you will, not from the sense of like, yeah. you don't do a good job, but from the sense of like, man, like, you know, I'm really trying to maximize this opportunity for my client. Yeah, no, the the hunger. And I think you asked about Boston earlier. I, yeah. I think that's one of the really special parts of Boston. You're always bumping elbows with somebody who's blowing up an industry. And it's, uh, it's hard to be near those guys and not eventually compare yourself to them. Gotcha. You know, I, I work with some of some of the, the people I work with and support are like some of the most incredible entrepreneurs of the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, being around those guys, learning from them, understanding how they built huge businesses, you know, it, it sets another bar for whatever you produce. And that's what you hold yourself to for the businesses you support. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So, Nick, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower, man. What's yours and why? Interesting. Um, so superpower, I, I think we're going to go back to versatility and adaptability. Okay. Um, you know, I always try to try to find a path to something and I'm, I'm pretty good, you know, no matter how indirect it is, if, if there's a goal for a business, you know, even if the business doesn't have enough money, even if the market's too big or are already saturated, I'm, I'm pretty good at understanding the value um, that it would offer to an end customer. And I'm, I'm pretty good at building a system um, of either, either touch points or experiences um, that can lead people into that, that product or service. Um, so I'd say, I say that's my superpower. I'm certainly not a creative, but, um, understanding how to, how to bring something to the right person and make it real easy for them to consume it, um, is, is my superpower. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that for sure. Before I ask my last question, man, I just want to say once again, thank you, Nick, so much for coming on the startup life podcast. You've offered amazing value talking about in the sense of, you know, uh, your entrepreneurial journey, uh, marketing and SEO and everything in between. So I actually want to give the microphone over to you and I want you to talk directly to startup nation. Nick, there's an entrepreneur out there that feels either stuck in their business. They don't know how to move forward or they're just afraid to even get started, man. Give them some words of encouragement today to tell them to keep moving forward. Yeah. So um, this is a, a cyclical uh, thing, but the next step you take is the most important step you'll take. And that'll always be true. 
Uh, so figure out what the next step is, whether that's starting your business, um, whether that's executing a new test, whether that's uh, stepping back from what you're doing that isn't working to try to reevaluate. That next step is the most important thing because eventually next steps will lead to something that works for you. Uh, gotcha. so, so take it and, uh, and good luck with your success. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much. And that's going to wrap up this session of The Startup Life. Did you enjoy being on the show, Nick? This is amazing. Thanks so much for hosting me. No worries, no worries. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. There's a point in this episode with Nick Startup Nation that I really want to highlight, and it actually begins with a quote. Make them a part of the story as opposed to the object of it. Startup Nation, your customer base, your client base really want to be part of an experience. This isn't the typical customer from 20 30 maybe even 40 years ago where there's a product out there and you have that product and you just feel that need there is still that element to it as well but in this age of social media and all the other tech avenues that you have at your disposal right now side of nation whether you listen to this on your phone your computer whatever the case may be you have so much at your disposal that they really you really have an obligation to make everybody a part of the story a part of the plan a part of the product or service that you're providing because that allows for a more informed customer base startup nation and that makes for a very loyal base and a more lucrative customer base as well if you want to let us know what you think about the show have an idea for a show topic or like to advertise on our show please send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is here in the show notes subscribe to the show as can be now be heard on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher radio spotify or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on if you are listening on apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Bench Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. startup nation you are still hanging around huh you know what i really like giving you extra content here's a little bit more it's family it's relationships and you know we all bust our tails in our jobs or for building companies or doing what we're doing you know to make money i mean that's what capitalism is that's what business is but at the same time it's not about it's not about just doing that it's about what it means to be able to provide and take care of the people that we love in our lives right and so when you have the ability to give financial stability to your family taken away but your family still loves you and they're still with you you realize that it shifts the perspective on that experience a little bit that startup nation is brendan lumberg of radiant pain relief centers so subscribe to the startup life podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms so that way when Brenda's episode is available, it'll be right there waiting for you. But in the meantime, Startup Nation, get out of here. You got a company to grow.